Log Talk Radio. Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. The Unstoppable Ones. You did say unstoppable, right? You did say unstoppable, right? What is it they know that I don't? Coach Frankie Picasso takes you on the Mission Unstoppable. Anyone stop these people? Good evening. I am the Unstoppable Coach, Frankie Picasso, and you are about to go on another Mission Unstoppable. Tonight we're going to look into the intricate and oft-times complicated world of monogamous relationships and look at whether it's possible for you and your partner to have platonic relationships with a friend of the opposite sex. Is it possible for men and women to be true friends without the emotional turmoil of sexual undertones? Stay tuned, stay close, and we're going to find out in just a moment. Today is Tuesday, October 27th. If you are tuning in on this day, then you are listening to the live broadcast of Mission Unstoppable Radio. The time in Toronto is 8 p.m., 7 in Chicago, and 5 p.m. in Los Angeles. I'd like to thank the good folks here at Blog Talk Radio for allowing me to broadcast over their network, and I'd especially like to thank you, you know who you are, all of you who tune in to me each and every week. The phone lines are open, as is the chat room. To call in and dial is 646 595 We'd love to hear from you, uh, your opinions on this topic tonight. My guest this evening is known as the attorney at love. He's a renowned divorce attorney and former family mediator who replaced the drama of the courtroom with the excitement of being featured on radio and television, helping even more people find happiness in their lives through his relationship coaching, his workshops, his book, speaking at events, and as a columnist for three magazines. Jim Duzak is the author of Midlife Divorce, The Rebirth of Commitment, a wonderful book that is a great resource and guide for those who are unsure of their future in terms of their marriage. Tonight, Jim and I are going to explore the topic of friendship between men and women. Jim, you came to me last week and you said, Frankie, we're friends. Don't you think it might be interesting to explore the topic of friendship with the opposite sex, what that means and how one might benefit from the experience? So welcome to Midlife Mojo. Oh, this isn't Midlife Mojo. I always see you in Midlife Mojo. This is Mission Unstoppable. <laughs> well, Good thank evening. You. How are you? Thank you so much, Frankie, and thank you for inviting me on. And also thank you for that very, very flattering in- introduction. I-, I hope I can only be – I can only hope I- I'm half of the things that you say I am. Uh, you're more than I half. Do appreci- I do appreciate <laughs> it. You know, and I think more importantly, you know, it, it's the funny kind of thing. Uh, and we're not here tonight to talk just about you and me as nope. friends, but I think it's an interesting uh, way to start because uh, I do think of you as a friend, even though you and I have never met in person. Uh, I've been on your show. This is, I think, the third time I've been on one of your shows. You were on a show that I had a while back called Relationship Radio. We've had various phone conversations and all kinds of email exchanges and everything. And, you know, again, despite the fact that we haven't met each other, I think that in a a meaningful sense, um, you and I are are friends. Uh, Obviously, we're people of the opposite sex. Uh, but you know, we, uh, I think even if we saw each other, if I lived in Toronto or you lived here in the Tucson, Arizona area, and we had the opportunity to see each other once a week or once a month or whatever it might be, um, I honestly think that we would have a genuine friendship, you know, that, uh, I can just sort of project that what I know about you and the way I feel when I'm talking to you into, uh, you know, I think a, 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 a you know, a, a realistic belief that, uh, uh, that we would really hit it off as friends. And I mean as friends. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you in that. And, and, and I apologize for it. We were so close to Tucson that we didn't stop in and see you. But, I remember that a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think that it's important then to define what is a friend. What is a friend, oh, and and what is you know? Absolutely. Well, you know, a love relationship or a friend in a platonic relationship. I just want to say that you know Emily Dickinson said, "My friends are my estate." I love that, and I think it's so a, true because I know I can call you up and say, "Jim, you know what? I got a problem. I really need your help," and I've done it. You know? Well, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about the very same thing. You didn't ask me to come up with a definition, but no? I was thinking earlier today about. 
how to define friendship. And, and I guess the, um, the bottom line is that it's one of those terms that's uh, hard to define but easy to recognize. In other words, a friend of either sex is somebody, and these are just sort of examples that I scribbled down uh, at random, but is somebody who makes us smile when we hear their name, you know, or is somebody who uh, gets us, you know, who instinctively understands our moods, our needs, our strange sense of humor maybe, or understands what we're uh, thinking even, you know. Uh, another another way of recognizing a friend is is somebody who, uh, and this may apply to you and me. Uh, no matter how recently we've we've made their acquaintance, we feel we've known them forever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just something about it that the conversation is always it, it just kind of uh, flows easily. You know, there's not we can talk uh, again. I don't mean just you and me, but that right. friends can talk to each other about anything without uh, without fear or without embarrassment. You know, friends put each other at ease, but at the same time stimulate each other. And as you, as you said a moment ago, friends uh, instinctively know that they'll be there for each other at the big moments in life, you know, and, and again, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And I, it's kind of a, a multifaceted definition, you might say. It's not really a definition at all because it is hard to pinpoint it, but it's just one of those things, as I say, you know it when you see it. You do, you do, and you, and you feel it immediately. So why is that? Let's, let's explore, what, you know, why is that? In your book, you hmm. talk about um, the idea of commitment. Commitment is really big. It's a big chapter. And, and when I first met you, I said, you know, Jim, that's really interesting because I talk about commitment in my practice all the time too. Now, you, you speak about it in a different way, but, but I, I'm going to segue into it and I'll tell you why. Because the commitment that you talk about in the rebirth of commitment in, in, in midlife divorce is the commitment to oneself, the commitment right. to being, um, having the best life that you can, whether it means you know, working on your marriage or leaving that marriage. It's really about commitment. Now, you ask people to examine their values. And that's really important because as a coach, as a, we're both relationship coaches, as a coach, mm-hmm. we would ask somebody, what, what, what do you value? What is it that you value in your partner? What is it that you value you know, in life? And most people cannot tell you what their values are. So it's, it's interesting because it's so important in friendship because you're gonna, people who are your friends generally are mirrors of yourself, the people you know, in, whose values that you value. You know, well, that's right. Values. People that are just on the same wavelength as you, you know. And yeah, it, exactly. it doesn't mean that they are clones of you, you know. And in fact, you might be surprised uh, if if we were to have a, a, a sit down three hour lunch or something, you know, you might be surprised at some of the things I might say. You know, I I, I don't know, but maybe you'd be surprised to know I'm just making this up that I'm a uh, a boxing fan or something. Yeah, you, you might say, well, gee, that, uh, a guy who writes this, I'm surprised that he's a big boxing fan or whatever it might be. <laughs> I'm you know, a boxing uh, promoter. <laughs> well, that's right. That, there you <laughs> maybe, go. Maybe I picked a bad example. But, maybe you did. Uh, but what no, I mean but is I understand that, what you mean, yeah. But if, if we were genuine friends, um, unless what I told you was just so shocking, you know, if I had told you that I had murdered somebody or something right. like that. And even then, even, even then, then I would say, well, you know, you probably friends, had a reason for doing it. Well, I'm that's right. Friends, I, it's am- there's going to be something I like about you. That's right. It's amazing what, how friends will uh, explain away uh-huh. the, the, as long as it doesn't affect them. You know, yeah. so in other words, if if I insulted you, that's another story. But if you heard that I had insulted somebody else, you probably somebody that we, you know, mutual friend, let's say, you'd probably say, well, gee, you know, I know Jim, and it, it, he had to have been provoked, you know, beyond all reason for him to yeah. do something like that. It, it, it's interesting, you know, we we defend our our friends, you know, right down to the the wire on these things. It's. Uh, it's it's a wonderful thing, and and people who don't have friends or who have lost their friends or uh, have have lost one of the most important things in life. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, I wanted to mention a. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, quotes. I think I mentioned it in my book. I know I've I've quoted this uh, before in other places. There was a, a French writer and philosopher from the 17th century named La Rochefoucauld. And he said, uh, way back then, and I think it's true today, he said, however rare true love may be, true friendship is rarer. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of truth to that. 
There's a I lot of too. sense to that. You know, I've probably had more lovers in my life than I've had genuine friends. Exactly. You know, and when you I know, think about it. I, I just want John John von Nuding is in is in the chat room and John John is a is, is also a friend from from England who I've never met, but I consider my friend. And John said friends are about non judgment and I and I agree with that. Friends you know, there's no room for judgment in friendship. It you know, mm-hmm. it's really um I like you because I like you, and and that's it. You know, I, I don't need to judge your actions to know that I'm your friend. It's not yep. for me to to judge anybody, and and I, I agree with that, John. Thanks for adding that to the conversation. Um, sorry, the the last, you know, as we get older, because we were exploring friendship, you know, because I, I as I get older, um, I it's it's not as easy to make friends in mm-hmm. some ways because you you know when you're kids you go to school and oh I met you and I met you and I met you there, but. It's funny how the internet has brought about a different kind of friendship. And and I went to I actually went to school online for a year and I had closer friends and I could go, you know, I could probably travel around the world now and stay in anybody's home and they became mm-hmm. such wonderful friends, people that I've never met and yet spoken to many times on the phone are closer than people that, you know, I acknowledge here on a daily basis, let's say. Yeah. It it's really quite interesting how it's it's opened up. Our world is opened up through the Internet. But at the same time, though, what it's done is it's created this category of what I call so-called friends. Yeah. You know, uh, like, you know, I can't, I can't open my email inbox without seeing a friend request from yeah. somebody I've never heard of. Yeah, you know? exactly. Now, now yeah. maybe if I met this person, uh, now, and, and again, I don't mean to denigrate anybody who has sent me one of those things, but sometimes uh, I'm only trying to say that it, it, it's not the traditional uh, meaning of the word friendship. You know, somebody may read one of my articles, let's say, and then, yeah. you know, and write to me and uh, or through one of these Facebook type things or whatever and and say, gee, I, I can tell just by reading what he wrote or hearing what he said on the radio or whatever it is that I, I would like this guy. You know, I, I think the same way he thinks or whatever. And he or she is probably 100% correct. But my only point is that uh, we use the word friend to include all kinds of relationships nowadays that in the classic definition of friendship, whatever that definition is, yeah. uh, it's probably stretching the point, you know, yep. uh, sort so, of potential so friends. Potential friends, exactly. And and, and, and because they, they've reached out to you, they've read something uh, that you've written or, or think alike, you know, these birds of a feather, um, you know, the potential is there for friendship. You may not know them, but the potential is always there. Well, that's right. So, so as we network more and more, and as we we you know go around the world because it's now this little you know village, and we we are meeting more people. The opportunity, um, you know, we have found in, in as a, as a divorce attorney, I'm sure you've heard this one a thousand times. Yeah, my husband got on the internet and he met some woman, and now you know he took off with her, and he got mm-hmm. and they got married, and and vice versa. The wife met some but some guy on the internet, so. These relationships, you know, are opening up this internet and the cyberspace. They're opening up doors that we that we didn't have oh, before. Yeah. We married, Absolutely. you know, within blocks of each other. We uh, now, you know, people are flying across the world to get together. So, yep. so the opportunity is there now for for you know more friendships. Maybe it's platonic because they can't get together. If they got together, maybe it wouldn't be. Who knows? So let's yeah. talk about. Why would men and women want to be friends? What is different about the, you know, a friendship between a man and a woman? Uh, some of these, you know, the, the, these um, questions that, that you've raised. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, it's a subject that's been um, um, endlessly fascinating uh, to me because I have always had women friends, uh, you know, and, I, and again, I mean that, you know, and I'm, and I'm somebody who has also always had wives or lovers <laughs> you know i was married for the first time when i was 20 and i had you know a number of girlfriends in between my two marriages and now i've been happily married for close to 30 years so there's always been a romantic there's always been a woman in my life in a romantic way but i have always had um other women and thankfully my wife is is, is not jealous of them partly because i'm upfront about who they are and you know in fact in in, in one case at least is a very very good friend of hers too you know but but you know i have always uh had female friends and i and i find that um you know they they just enrich my life so much that's one of the reasons why uh you know okay I'm, well let me ask a coaching question cuz you know i am a mm-hmm. coach so jim <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why? Why are you? Why? Why are you making these friendships with women 
um, are you making them as opposed to men or in, in conjunction with men, or is it that you just feel more of an affinity with women? Well, that's a really good question, Frankie. Uh, I have probably four or five male friends that I consider really close friends. Um, that you know, and yet even with them, um, it's there. I don't know. There are certain subjects that are just hard to go into. You know, and and I'm talking about men who I uh, these are more than just what you might call activity friendships. In other words, these aren't just guys that I you know. Uh, talk sports with or something like that. Even though I do talk sports with them, you know, I mean, but I, but the, but but they're men that I, in most cases, have known for many, many, many years. In one or two cases, going back to high school, and I, I feel really, really close to them, comfortable with them, and yet there is just something about a man opening himself up to another man that mm-hmm. is hard to do. You know, it's hard to do, even for somebody like me. You know, and I and I and I tell, I urge people to do it. You know, and it's and it's still it, it's still hard to do. Uh, there's just something in in the the, the 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 upbringing of a typical guy. You know that. Yeah, uh, you don't go there. It, yeah, it just makes it. Maybe it's just that we don't like to show our weaknesses to other men. You know, so you don't want to talk about your your disappointments or your career failures or or men can sometimes do that but they they sort of cloak it with uh you know they make jokes about it or they yeah. you know uh they 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 pretend like it's not really bothering them and that kind of thing but um but the truth is there are, you know there are a lot of men out there who are um what i think of as friendship deprived you know, they have, in other words, they may have these activity buddies, you know. In fact, a lot of guys even, they, they almost characterize their friends by the nature of the activity. They'll say, uh, oh, yeah, that's, well, that's my true, poker yeah. that's my you know, buddy. That's my poker buddy, or that's my yeah. drinking buddy, or that's the guy I go to the car shows with, or whatever. You know, that's the guy up in Canada would probably be ice fishing or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever goes on up there. Yeah. But, you know, but but they, you know, they, they put these guys in, in certain categories, and the category almost always has to do with activities or hobbies or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Whereas with women, it's, I suppose a woman could have you know, purely activity friends, but most of the time a woman you know, is going to connect with her friends on a, on a deeper level. And I think that, that there is a, a, a real need on the part of men to have that kind of connection. And I, and I think that the, the, this friendship deprivation that so many men have is what causes so many guys to drink too much, uh, or even uh, or even to commit suicide. You know, I mean, I may go a little, uh, going a little too far here, but maybe not. You know, I think that. So, so you know, I mean, as a, as a divorce attorney, and, and, and an author of a book that you know speaks about divorce and the commitment, you know, to the recommitment to the marriage, you have a chapter on communication. So, mm-hmm. why aren't these guys talking to their wives? Well, that's that's the real key question. I think part of it is that between a husband and wife, you often have um, a lot of baggage, you know, within the within the marriage. You know, let's say you've been married for ten or fifteen or twenty years or whatever. Um, the fact that you have sex with this person does not necessarily make it easier to communicate. In fact, it it may complicate uh, or impede your ability to communicate, especially if the sex isn't as frequent or isn't as uh, pleasurable as it was at the beginning. You mm-hmm. know, there's just a lot of tensions. There's a lot of, I mean, one of the things I talk about in my in my book is how people, um, married people, uh, tend to live in the past a lot. You know, they yeah. they have these arguments that constantly dredge up things in the past, you know, precisely because they've never been uh, dealt with properly. So a lot of guys are... They're sort of walking on eggshells, so to speak, when they try to have a conversation with their wives. You know, they stick to the safe subjects where they know that it's not likely to, you know, lead to a big argument. Um, but, but doing that is is kind of suppressing things. Maybe the 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 thing that you're 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 avoiding the most is precisely the thing you really would like to talk about. It if if you could learn to talk to your wife about it in a in a way that's not going to lead to an argument. Well, you know that, that we that we invited a couple of guests on, and I can yeah. see that one of them is online right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's it's 
um, a gentleman. And so I'm going to ask him why he didn't talk to his wife and, and uh, his views on sure. platonic relationships. Let's, let's bring Ace on here. See if we can get him to come up. Hey there, Ace, is that you? Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing Great. real good, thank you. So, the, you're listening to the voice of Ace McKay, and he is the uh, CEO of the Marriage Playbook. And it's a program that he's designed for um, couples and specifically for men um, as a way to reach out to them in, in a language that they're going to understand, football language, let's say. And you assist couples in creating their own offensive and defensive plans for successful marriages. Now, this came about... Um, as a result of, of you stepping outside of your own marriage. And, and you've been um, on Christian radio for 17 years, and, and you know you, you had a real loving relationship with your wife. So what happened? Well, basically it came down to a couple different factors. Um, being a part of ministry for so many years, you know, it's one of those kind of a, a faux pas that kind of happens among uh, church liaisons or people that I've seen it happen to several of my friends in Christian radio where you're doing things for ministry and it's requiring extra hours, and one of the things that you tend to kind of justify in your mind is that, okay, yeah, I'm not at home as much as I'd like to, but I know God's called me to do this thing over here, whatever that thing may be. And for me, it was Christian radio, and I had um, uh, just recently, my wife had just had uh, our second child who was born four weeks premature, so in the middle of my wife dealing with postpartum depression, she also had a very sick baby at home. So she was caught up in taking care of the baby's every needs because the fact that she had some breathing issues, it was, you know, it's that fearful time when you're like, okay, just the slightest little cough or anything could be really severe for a child at that age. So while she's dealing with the baby and taking care of our oldest daughter, I'm over here, you know, starting a brand new radio station, trying to build it from listener one. And a lot was, you know, deemed, you know, the, the jobs of 20 people were, you know, kind of piled on top of me and two other people. And it was, it was just not enough hours in the day. And the, with each passing week, I was more and more away from home. My wife and I had gotten away from having dates completely. Uh, we were exhausted when I was at home, and there just was no communication on any level, whether that was physical or whether that was verbal. It didn't matter. We just It just wasn't there. But the thing was, we didn't realize that something was broken. And what ended up happening is after probably a year, I had my first affair, my wife and I reconciled that, went to counseling, thought things were great. We moved. I changed radio stations, uh, still doing Christian radio, mind you. Thought I could hide it, you know, just kind of pretend it didn't happen. And then after about six months, fell back into old patterns at home. My wife and I weren't communicating, weren't dating, uh, but we were aware something was wrong but didn't know how to fix it. Okay, I'm and just going to because you, you responded to an, an advert about platonic relationships, and you said that um, was it a platonic relationship with a woman that you had that turned into an affair? Yeah, it was actually someone that I did a show with, and we were on the air together, you know, every day. So you know, we're having to get to know each other as a team and working on you know the radio product side of things, and you know, off-air conversations that shouldn't have ever happened, and intimate details about our past were being shared, and just, you know, basically I crossed that line with her emotionally just in finding out that we had similar pasts, similar backgrounds, and then before I knew it, I was physically attracted to this girl because nothing at home was happening. Okay, so you you um, you said that, that today you would have to put um, in, in strict boundaries uh, between, you know, relationships that you might have with women because of your past problems, I'm assuming, um, and that you that you would have to have some restrictions in those in those relationships, and that your wife would have to be involved in that. Is that did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, because I've broken that trust twice, um, or actually, on really on the emotional side of things, things were really kind of spiraling out of control beyond, I mean, that's a whole other day's worth of conversation. Right. But the physical affairs actually occurred with two people, two other people. And uh, as a result of that trust that was broken, my wife and I set up new boundaries where it basically if I was going to have a female friend, she was going to be very good friends with that person as well because she really felt that she needed to have that communication so that, if she felt uncomfortable about either a conversation or a touch or something that she saw that even for a second made her think something was going on, 
she wanted to feel comfortable enough to go to that person and say, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable with you guys like this, and I need you to just kind of step back or be cool or whatever. And well, so Asia, that was one. Hang on. Oh, I'm hang sorry. On. Jim? Yes. I, I was just going to comment on something that Ace said. I think uh, Ace touch, touches on uh, what I think is an important issue, and that is that uh, unless the man and the woman, I'm talking about the friends now, and I'm talking again. I'm talking about genuine friendship, not you know where you're really looking to meet somebody to have an affair with. But let's say a, a genuine friendship, unless you impose your own limits on yourselves, eventually you'll get to the point where somebody else is going to impose limits on you. You know, as mm-hmm. in the case of uh, the case of your wife, because the uh, or in fact you're you're <laughs> you're actually very fortunate Ace, that she uh, that she even agrees to it at all. You know, like given, yeah. the, given the background, um, yeah. but but there's no question that setting limits is absolutely key in these kinds of friendships because so many things that friends do, you know, and including friends of the opposite sex, uh, can be a, a platonic kind of thing or it can be a sexually charged thing. You know, like when you talk to somebody, you're sitting close to them at a restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever, and you, you're trying to make a point, a conversational point, and you touch the person on the arm. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on how long you let your fingers linger on that arm. You know what I mean? Or when you greet the person, you haven't seen her or him for a while, and you, you hug the person or you even kiss the person. You know, how long, you know, how close is the hug? How, how long do you hold well, I never even answer? think about those things. Yeah, I'm a very touchy-feely person, and and if you were sitting next to me, I would probably be grabbing your arm, and well, that's uh, you know, right. And so I'm, you know, kiss both cheeks and and the whole thing. I I don't think about that because I'll tell you why, and I'm going to bring Christine on in a second because the I expect if you're my friend, then I think that there's a reciprocity of respect, and mm-hmm. if you know me and you're my friend, then you know how much I love my partner. And if you know how much I love my partner, then it would be ir- irresponsible and, and, and just rude for you to come on to me because, you know, that would be going over the line. And, and if, I val- if you know me, then you know that I value honesty, integrity, and loyalty. Those are like my top three uh, values. And so my friends... I wouldn't ever expect my friends to think about crossing the lines because it would be mm-hmm. disrespectful. But, but Frankie, can I make a point, and I think Ace will yeah. agree with me if he's still on the line there, that, yeah. um, that to right. a man, it, a man will normally, normally, unless he knows you very, very, very well, a man will normally... Uh, uh, Take that will, as something else? Yeah, he'll interpret... Uh, anything having to do with touching and hugging and kissing and so forth uh, in in a way that, you know, maybe he wants to think that, oh, well, gee, maybe she's a little more interested in me than I thought, you know, that kind of thing. That's the danger. Okay. A lot of okay. guys, even if they even if they want to have a, a platonic relationship, if they think that you're crossing the line into a sexual one, they might think, oh, well, we get back to communication, don't we? Let's bring Christine on for a second. Christine uh, Kirbo, she, she responded also to, to the advert on platonic relationships, and she said that she believed that having friends of um, the opposite sex can help a marriage survive more successfully because having a male friend, as in her case, often helps her to understand what her husband may be feeling. So Christine um, has a background in humanities, uh-huh. art, illustration, graphic design. She has a wonderful company called Carebox. And as a result of... of um, downsizing and restructuring, uh, she used to work for Apple in, in, in events. She, she started her own company, um, this care box, because her parents had both died and, and one of cancer. And so now she makes these wonderful gift packages for people, um, and, and it's just, they're absolutely beautiful. So you can, you can go, go to her web, website, which is triple, uh, www.carebox.com, and Aces is www.themarriageplaybook.com. So you can go to both and, and, and check out these, these folks. So, Christine, welcome to uh, Mission Unstoppable. Um, how are you doing? Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So let, let's talk about you know, your belief in what happened in your marriage um, as a result of you having your male friend. Well, my male friend, you know, he, what I found out is that really no, no mate is really perfect in every single way. And sometimes what I find is that as a woman, women want to 
maybe tweak their husbands a little bit or just change them a little bit and give them things that they want. And um, what I found is that was my friend, um, you know, since I get some of the things from him um, that I don't get on my husband, I'm happier with my husband. Um, and what he is able to do is he's able, whenever I do have a conflict with my husband, he's able to actually, when I talk talk it over with my friend, he's actually able to understand my husband and try and he communicates to me what my husband's actually thinking and he can actually influence how I think about a situation. And in, in reverse, um, he's able to almost mediate with my husband and communicate with him my point of view. And so as it turns out, um, I'm able to understand my husband better, and it, it actually helps quite a bit to have a male's point of view and not one that's, um, you know, physically charged or anything like that, you know, just a yeah. plain friend who understands both sides. Well, it's that Venus and Mars thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I completely enjoy uh, both my husband and my friend um, separately and together, you know, but, uh, you know, whereas my husband might want to, um, just watch basketball or football, or if, if he wants to do that, you know, my friend might be willing to, you know, go to a ballet with me, you know, and so I can still have a male companion and not have a mad husband at home. Can, can I wow. jump in on something? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I think the thing also to be cautious of that is obviously you have the, the, the guidelines and your husband's in agreement with that. But one of the things to be careful of, too, is for people that don't have those guidelines, and this is where it tends to go sour, is when the for so many women that either aren't in a relationship or things aren't great at home on their end, there tends to be that tendency where you tell things about, well, you know, I wish my husband was more like this or we're having problems in this area or whatever, and then that friend, because guys have that rescue or rescuing nature about it that we want to help fix whatever's broken, and when, especially when it comes to relationships, we feel like that's what our role is, is to help fix things, whether it's with our wives or with friends that we have that are of the opposite sex. And a lot of times that can come across in the wrong manner. So that's something, too, that I think couples need to be aware of, is that if, if you're talking about things going on at home, even if it's just to try to understand your spouse better, sometimes that can go the wrong way. So even as, I mean, you obviously have seem to have a good grasp on that in your marriage, but I just say that as a warning because the rescuing mindset can a lot of times send couples into conversations that can easily find themselves emotionally drawn to each other. So let's talk about conversation and communication again, Jim. Let's talk about the idea of why is it easier to speak to um, another woman than it is to speak to your wife. And part of it is, is you know, I understand the patterns that we get into. Um, but, you know, we in the very beginning, you did love each other, you did talk to each other, you did, you know, cuddle with each other. And and so the split happened and, and you know, you, no, you, you can no longer talk to each other? You can't? No, I, I don't necessarily think that, uh, that it even has to be that way. You know, I, um, I have... I'd like to think that I have, um, in my case anyway, uh, that I have wonderful conversations um, with my wife. Uh, but it doesn't, um, it, it, it doesn't take away my, my desire, uh, and maybe I would say my need, to, uh, to have other women that I can talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't feel that I'm doing, uh, and again, I share these things with my wife, not every single word, you know, right. but yeah. she knows that, you know, there's so-and-so that I had lunch with last week or whatever it is, you know, and, and I, I normally tell her where we went and so forth, but, you know, it's like anything else in life. It's, it's, uh, y- you know, would you limit yourself to one friend of the same sex? You know, I don't, I don't think yeah. that, uh, it's, it, it, there's anything, it, it suggests that, there's something that has to be wrong with that, if you will, primary relationship that when you want to have um, other relationships that, in my mind, do not detract from that primary relationship, as long as they don't detract do, do, from it. Do you still have, um, do you have any former lovers who are now your friends? I do. I, actually, I don't know if you're asking me or Ace. Well, okay, I, I, Christine, you do? Yeah, I do. Um, and they've remained um, very close friends. Um, you know, I think we don't, um, 
um, I've become friends of the wife. And, um, you know, one thing we don't talk about is our former relationship, but I do think it's possible. And, you know, my friendships have remained um, extremely strong and, you know, um, to the point where, you know, you know, I can flirt with them and, and tease them and, and uh, the wife isn't, isn't threatened at all because I'm, I'm actually pretty safe, but um, it, it can happen. Now that that shows a level of maturity, but how long did it take, let's say, between the the end of that relationship um, for you guys to get back into a relationship where um, the hurt, the pain, the ending of that relationship is gone, and and you can be friends again? Uh, just uh, actually, just it was pretty quick. I don't think we ever lost our connection completely um, after the breakup at all. Um, wow. It was it was just we really, really liked each other so much, you know, just to give up the relationship was was worse. You know, just to imagine your life. So why why did your relationship end? Well, I don't think that we were mutually you know, headed in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's probably it. Don't you think Jim and, and you said that you still have a you still have a former lover who's a, who's a good friend of yours now? Yes, I do. And uh and that's sort of a, an unusual situation because we started as friends. Uh-huh. Um and uh, we go back over 40 years actually. Uh and uh but started you know the first 6 or 7 years we knew each other was strictly a friendship thing and then later on after we were both divorced we uh our friendship evolved into something different and then it uh and then we decided not to Stated, we were living in different states at that time. There were all kinds of complications with it, and we decided to that it was not meant to be on a lifelong commitment basis. But um, but we're still very much friends, and I'm not just use, using that in a casual way. Uh, uh, less than two months ago, I had lunch with her when I was back in Connecticut. I mean, we, we live almost 3,000 miles away from each other, but when we're anywhere in the same, you know, in the vicinity of each other, we always get together. We have, you know. Um, uh, great, you know, a, a wonderful lunch, or uh, you know, I think a lot depends on, and I think Christine sort of touched on this. A lot depends on how the people broke up. In uh-huh. other words, if there were emotional meltdowns and nasty accusations flying each way and all that kind of thing, the prospects for friendship are always going to be pretty slim, you know. But uh, and also, a lot depends on where you both are now in terms of new relationships. In other words, right. if one of you has found someone else and the other one hasn't, you know, it, it, it could be, you know, ta- any references to, you know, the new boyfriend or the new girlfriend could make the other person uncomfortable. Even, the, even if the person says, no, I'm not jealous, I'm happier mm-hmm. that we're not lovers anymore, there's still that twinge of jealousy when yeah. a new person enters the picture. For sure. You know, all of my, well, I'm not going to say all my friends, majority of my friends for my whole life have always been male. And and I don't know why that is. Maybe it's my independent personality. Maybe um, I enjoy, you know, their energy. And and really, truly, um, yes, I have. I still have some friends that, you know, I like you, 30 years later, we're still friends. Um, you know, it used to be lovers or whatever. But I, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, the criteria that you would put on friend and and the that little extra that you would put on a lover, the the things that you would accept from a friend that you wouldn't accept from your love relationship, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at it through a different lens. You look at it a little more critically. Is this somebody that I'm gonna you know? This is somebody I have to live with. You know, mm. friendships are great, but you know, you move in and they may, may not stick around so long. So yeah, that's kind of interesting, don't you think? I like when Dan and I met as friends. I my intention was always to be friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. He tells me his wasn't. But but it was with a less critical eye. And and so it was allowed to evolve and to find out who this person was. When, and that's when probably people, the ideal way, you know, I mean it's not the way that it has always worked in my life. It's not the way that always. No. But, but you know there's a guy that has a book out. I think it's it's still on the bestseller list. A guy named Steve Harvey. He's a uh, a, a talk show host and comedian, yeah. and, and he has a book called I, I think it's called Act Like a Woman, Think Like a Man, and he <laughs> he he's developed this idea in the book, and it, actually I I have to say I think there's something to it. He, he calls it the 90 day rule, and uh-huh. he's basically saying don't have sex uh, for at least 90 days, no matter totally how great. no matter how attracted you are to this uh-huh. person, um, and basically he's writing the book. 
for women. He's he's saying to, uh, you know, if 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 some guys fall by the way, wayside, so be yeah, it. Yeah, so be it. Yeah, you're you're much better off with. Um, not to lead a guy on, and you know, but but no, to not, don't be a force, tease, but, but yeah, yeah, but to create the situation where you you want to get to know each other as human uh-huh. beings uh, before you start going to bed together. I you know, Jim, you, to Jim used to own a dating service, and we've it, it, you know we've had this 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 talk because we talk about midlife a lot. We talk about dating, and you know, your post divorce things like that. And the idea, it's funny because his book is like you know. Don't have sex for 90 days. And when you're in online dating, the rule is the men have a three-date rule, ladies. There's a three-date rule. Don't put out by third date. They're gone because there's a smorgasbord of 100,000 more women out there that they can go out and date. Well, so they think. Yeah. They, so they think, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, we, you know, we do have this Venus and Mars situation. We do come from different perspectives. And Ace, you're absolutely right. Men are fixers. And, you know, they're single-minded. Women, you know, can, can listen to 100 conversations at the same time. Guys are like, Okay, what did you say? Oh, your car? Okay, yes, we have to fix your car, you know. It, it, it's like, oh, your motor's not working? Okay. Well, they, they want to fix that situation, and so sometimes it seems like they're telling us what to do, and what they're really saying is, um, I want to help you. I'm going to look after this situation for you. It just comes off sounding yeah. like they're telling you what to do. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's good for women uh, to have – I mean, I, it's obvious to me why a man would want a woman as a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, some women might say, well, what's in it for me to have a man as a friend if I already have a husband, let's say, or a Well, boyfriend. Christine what said it. I think Christine said it yeah. really well. You know, it gives her a different perspective on her husband. He, you know, he's saying this, but what he's really saying, and she's hearing this, but, the guy, you know, her guy friend is saying, no, what he's really saying is this. And, well, and that can be really helpful. And, you know, the other thing is that, just having a male friend, if a woman is not married or in, in, involved mm-hmm. with someone else, but just having a platonic friend, let's say the woman has you know, got divorced relatively recently, having that friend can increase a woman's comfort level with men in general. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of women after divorce don't, you know, they don't know how to relax when they're with men or simply, you know, enjoy their company. They're always suspicious of men's motives. And, mm-hmm. and then they wait forever to start dating again. And, and then, you know, they've developed all these these attitudes and, and then they say they're ready to date. But, yeah, you know, how how successful is it going to be? Yeah. Exactly. I think it's great to have a friend. You know, I had a friend, and, and we went to, like, every show there was that, you know, came off Broadway, and because and, he really liked the theater, and I really liked the theater, too, and it's fun just to go with somebody, and, and it shouldn't matter if he's male or female. You know, if they're available, just go. Have a good time. Yeah. And I enjoy it, you know, because they're a friend. There's somebody that you enjoy. They've got values that you value. They've got things that you like, and that's what makes them your friend, but it, it doesn't make them your lover, and I and I think it's, from my perspective, I think that it's definitely possible for you to have a friend uh, without sexual overtones oh it is it is possible there's always the sexual tension though you know i mean i i think there's it's always there at least it you know i think it's maybe maybe you know not being a guy i don't know what she has to put off with (laughs) (laughs) and obviously i'm seeing it from a man's point of view but i I, I think the the key to it is to... I mean, are you still staring at her breasts, going, hmm, those are pretty nice breasts, or <laughs> no, are you well, that, or... I don't mean it that way. I just think okay. that whenever, okay. um, whenever a man and a woman are together, it, there's, there's, I don't know, there's a certain tension there. And I don't mean tension in necessarily a bad sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's something, it's sort of an implicit acknowledgement that she's a woman, I'm a man. You know, and even though we're not going to act on anything, and she may not even be feeling anything for me, I may not necessarily be feeling that I want to, you know, do something quote unquote with her. Um, but there's still that 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 energy, that tension, or whatever the word is, when a man and a woman are together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the reasons. I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah. The the other, I think the other thing that's really um, good for men to have a um, a woman friend. Is that it opens up their their um, their vocabulary for communicating their feelings. Yeah. I think a lot of times men have a very limited um, vocabulary lexicon for for those words that that um, women can talk about endlessly, their feelings mm-hmm. and and the the minutia of those feelings. You know, you're not just blue. You know, you're not just sad. You're you know, you're you're. Uh, no. 
Yeah. Everything in between, you know, and, and, and guys, I'm happy, I'm angry, I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's where they go. And, and so they get to explore that a little bit more, you know, because we're going to dig. What do you, what are you sad about? Well, you know, the stoic, the stoic male. And I think that we can help bring um, some of that emotion out and feeling, you know, I, I, I remember coaching a guy and I said, so where do you feel it? And he goes, call me back two hours later. He goes, I don't have feelings. Well, of course you have feelings. Um, you're just not in touch with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an extreme statement there. Uh, oh, it's kind of funny. So, so you know, we got folks here in the in the chat room. I'd like to welcome all of you, Addy, Diane. It's great to see you, John. Um, really nice to have Ace. It's great that you called in. Thank you so much. And 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 uh, Christine, thank you again for for calling in. Thank you. What do you have to say in the chat room, guys? What do you think? Do you have these relationships with men and women? Do you, do you um, value them? Do you treasure them in your life, or, or you know, do you think that it's impossible to to have a relationship? You know, former lovers, people that's never been lovers. Um, did, is your wife involved with this? Do you have to have rules? Uh, like I asked Dan tonight, I said, you know, like I, I go to lunch with my male friend all the time, and you know, Jack and and Jack and I do lots of stuff, and and we've done lots of things for years before. Um, you know, Dan and I even got together, and and I said, you know, are you jealous? Does it bother you? Do you want to know stuff? He doesn't care, you know, because he trusts me. He knows I love him, and and commitment. You see that commitment again? It's that commitment word. It's, it's commitment to your relationship. It's commitment to yourself. It's commitment to, um, you know, what you value. And you know, all the rules in the world, Frankie, aren't going to. You, you can never really enforce them if the person feels resentful. Yeah. Them, you know? uh, and, you know, it, it, and I know this is true for a lot of men, and it's probably true for women, too, that if the other person, the spouse or whoever, is, is so uh, suspicious, um, you know, the husband may feel, hey, look, if I'm going to get blamed, get blamed for it, uh, you know, I may as well do it, you know, and at least yeah. get some enjoyment out of it, you know. I mean, why well, let's talk I... about that. I mean, that's a really great point. If your wife is that suspicious, mm-hmm. or your husband is that suspicious, so there's clue one that there's something wrong with your relationship, because they shouldn't that's be. Right. They shouldn't be that suspicious if you have a solid relationship. Either she's a very, very insecure person, or he is, you know. Um, or well, how would you counsel people on that, Jim? What would you What would you say? You know, they came to your, your, you know. Well, you know, you you, you want to ask them first. Well, where does it really come from? You know, um, have you always been? Has this been the, the way it was? Has the way it's been since day one in your marriage or in your relationship? Or did something, you know, something happen? As in Ace's case, you know, I mean, the, his wife, uh, you know, has a reason. Uh, to to have some oh, yeah. about things, you know. But other, but let's say other spouses, uh, you know, one of them doesn't do anything wrong, and yet the other one is, uh, you know, just constantly looking over his shoulder, wondering what he's doing, mm-hmm. and you you just really wonder where that comes from. Uh, yeah, and is it? I mean, you know, Addie thinks it's insecurity. I wonder, you know, did, is she the one who who thinks she might cheat? And so she's she's you know mirroring that onto him. That's an interesting point of view. It's uh, that's right. It's possible. Uh, that yeah, maybe that's where this obsession comes from. Yeah, she's projecting all her uh, yeah, as you say, her her uh, fantasies onto him. It's yeah. Known to happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it's been known to happen. <laughs> Um, may I say something about this? Sure. Um, I had a relationship once with a with a man and an opposite opposite sex. Well, of course, he was the opposite sex, but um, he was my business partner, and um, we had a situation where we were very very close and, and best friends. And he actually uh, met a woman, and they got married. And I was pretty supportive of of their marriage, and. Uh, the woman, though, hated me from the very start, and it only got worse. And um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to counsel her because I'm pretty non-threatening. Um, but it ended up ruining our business and our relationship, only because she couldn't, she really couldn't stand the idea of him having a business partner that was a woman um, and a friend that was a woman. Well, I'm surprised that, that they even got married tell you the truth i don't know what was wrong with your friend and i think i i have to lay the blame at his door as you know as the story goes from how you tell it because you know here he is um in a relationship with a woman who doesn't like what he's doing sorry 
doesn't work for me. You know, if, if my guy said, well, gee, you can't talk to Jim, and you can't be on air with him, and you can't partner with him, and you can't do this again. You know what? You're, I'm out of here because freedom is my other value. <laughs> I, I, I honestly feel the same way, Frankie. I, I, um, I mean, I don't know everything about what, what uh, Christine's business partner was like and what the, you know, all the ins and outs of it, but in general, um, if he really was, if this was really mandated by her and he just sort of went along, okay, honey, I'll do whatever you say, to me, that is just ridiculous. You know, I, I would never, for 10 minutes, uh, stand for, like as you say, Frankie, um, somebody telling me, who my friends can be, especially when I haven't done anything to abuse the marital yeah. relationship. Yeah, no. and you know, I, I did. I did want to ask you this. So, um, Jim, you were talking about how you take your lady friends, you know, to lunch, and very nice. Mm-hmm. Now, do you also take your wife to lunch? Because you know, I can, and I'm sure that you do. But, but I can see how you know, if you're always going out with your buddy, and you and your wife is always sitting home, and she never gets to go out and play with you, then, then that would. Obviously, oh, we go out plenty. <laughs> we go out yeah. plenty of places together, and uh, uh, you know. And I think she's, you know, over the years she's had um, some male friends. Maybe not to the extent that I've had female friends, but mm-hmm. but we're, um, you know, she's she, she enjoys. Uh, they may may have been people at work, you know, where the the socializing was more, you know, at, at lunch hour or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, now, now that's another whole issue, though, because, you know, they use the term um, office spouse uh, uh, to uh-huh. describe, you know, a situation. I'm not saying that that's what my wife had, but I'm saying that uh, in a lot of office situations or work situations, <laughs> you know, you uh, no, really, you. you no, you I know. I, I, I used to work in an office a very long time ago, and, and, and there was a guy, he was my office spouse, and he always used to go, yes, dear. <laughs> Every time I said something, you well, yeah, you know, and it, I, you go to any office, and there's always going to be some people who always seem to have lunch together and always stop yeah. by each other off offices or cubicles more than their jobs actually demand, you know, and uh-huh. and and actually, you know, and then they share their common uh, take on office politics, and they may have interests in common, and you know, it, it can actually be a. a uh, a non, you might think of it as a non-sexual substitute for having a lover, for having an affair. I mean, it can be just a really a, an innocent thing. As I say, it can be. Um, it can make somebody feel, you know, comfortable with a person of the opposite sex, and you know, and it's nice to know that somebody of the opposite sex, other than just your your spouse, feels comfortable with you too. But as we were saying earlier, and we've been saying all along, really that you know it's crucial that anyone in these office spouse situations not cross the line you know you can't start getting into complaining about your you know your real husband or wife you know or your before you know it you say oh my god you know my husband's exactly the same way as your wife you know and before you know it you're going out after work for a drink to continue the conversation yeah that's where you just can't let it happen yeah you just can't Christine, um, John John is in the chat room, John Von Nuding, and he says he has some information he'd like to share with you. Are you able to get into the chat room? Let's see. I'm not sure how to do that. Um, you, you just go to the URL, that I, the blogtalkradio.com slash Mission Unstoppable, and the okay. uh, chat room will be flashing, and you just click on it, and you should be able to get in there. Okay. There you go. Try, try that, and if not, then I'll try to connect you guys after after the show. Okay. Don't ask me to do that, Frankie. I'll never be able to do it. I, <laughs> I could barely, you know, talk and look at well, the computer at the screen time. at the same time. Yeah, so, you know, we've, we've got a couple of minutes left, and I, and oh, not tonight, obviously. Yeah, he's in England. He's going to go to bed. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try to get her your email, John. And uh, we'll pass that along. Thank you for for doing that. If, if you have any, um, Diane, if you're still in there, Addie, if you're still in there, you know, why don't guests? We've got lots of guests here. Let's let's have some of your thoughts and opinions on, you know, do you have uh, platonic lovers? Platonic lovers? That's that's not right. Do you have platonic <laughs> friends? And and I want to know. I want to know, Christine. Freudian slip there. Yeah, really. Is is that former um, office mate there? Is he still married to this lady? Did it work out? He is. Um, I'm surprised that he is, but he is still married um, to her. Um, I'm surprised because he's had to give up, you know, not only his uh, former friends, but his business, his home. He's had to give up a lot to keep this relationship. 
So I'm surprised that they're still together, but they are. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, you made some really great points. I really thank you for for joining us tonight. It was uh, nice to have you in here, and 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 you know what what you you know brought to the table here. Thanks for that. I, I think it it is um, really great to enrich our lives with with both sexes as friends, and it's great to have friends. Period. You know, so where you get them, um, however they come into your life. Some some are unlikely friends, and some are are you know you can say oh yeah that's their friends, and some friends you know you don't see for many years. I've got some friends like that, and and you know you pick up the phone or you think about their name, and they call you the next day, and it's like nothing's ever you know time hasn't even been an issue. You just pick back up you know where you, where you left off. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a best friend who was my best friend since uh, I was 12 years old, and he died a couple of years ago. He was only 50. And it's you know oftentimes he'll he'll pop into my head and um, it, it was a funny little story the day he died um, that night I had a, a a peanut butter and honey sandwich and I never eat peanut butter and honey but it was his sandwich and I said to him okay you know what I'm not going to be eating these things for you I'll do it tonight but I'm not going to do it after that and it, you know I mean that's tr- that's that's real friendship you know to yeah. eat that sandwich for him that's uh, yeah but you never forget them. No, you never do. You never do, and it's a—it's uh, just a very special thing, you know. I've—I've uh, I, I felt my whole life that—that, that, uh, and I feel it perhaps more strongly now than I did when I was younger. That uh, I'm truly alive only in the presence of a woman. I just find everything about women fascinating, you know. The not—not not just the way they look, but the way they think, the way they talk, the way they make me feel, and you know. I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way about men, but you know, as much as I like sex, I'd feel deprived if my only contact with women was to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I like connecting be, with women on a lot of levels. Lot, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just such a, a fundamental part of my life, and I just feel that any man who doesn't have women friends, you know, a lot of guys will say, "Oh, she only wants to be friends," you know, and. And, you know, I realize that that can be just, a, you know, a euphemism for I don't want to have sex with you and I never will, you know. But, but if, if she genuinely means she'd like to be friends, I, you know, I say to men, you should take her up on it. Because, you know, having a woman friend is a very, very special thing for a man. Yep, I agree. I'm just typing in here in the chat room when to hear for sex, so just bear with me. just going to get uh, John to send me his email again. I don't seem to have it. It's on my old computer. Um, so we can pass it on to, to Christine. Yeah, I, I think that that you know we gain so much from from both sexes, and to cut yourself off from one because you've been hurt by a relationship, or um, like you said earlier, it's a great opportunity to to heal some of those wounds, to find mm-hmm. out maybe what happened, and to look at your patterns and have somebody look at you from a different perspective. Your women friends, you know, they're supportive and they're going to go, you know, they're going to side with you no matter what. They're going, to yeah, those bastards. But but a, ma- a male friend may may be able to um, let you see yourself through a different you know different set of eyes. Give and, you more of a tough love approach, uh, yeah, you know, as opposed to you know. And, yeah. And sometimes and women, yeah, sometimes women need that. You know, they get this yeah. endless, you know, support, support, support. But you know, uh, it, it's not getting at times to the essence of the problem. That's right. Mm-hmm. So um, we've just got like a couple minutes here. Jim, thank you so much for reaching out and, and, and wanting to do this show with me. It was great. Oh, well, Jim's welcome. website is www.attorneyactlove.com. His book, again, is called Midlife Divorce, The Rebirth of Commitment. He is just fascinating and wonderful. And, and if you're having relationship problems, uh, don't hesitate to give him a call because I'm sure he's um, just an absolutely brilliant coach and uh, so knowledgeable, has extensive background in uh you know, the dynamics between men and women, marriage, divorce, all of those great things. And That's even though so I'm done. terrible at accessing chat rooms and things like that, if anyone <laughs> wants to send me an email directly, my, uh, I'm happy to talk about any of these issues. Uh, the, uh, my email address is jim, J-I-M, at attorneyatlove, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-A-T-L-O-V-E dot com. Beautiful. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for making the effort to come out this evening. It seems like this topic was really important to you. Um, and, and, and so thank you for, for joining us, and I hope that you got something out of it. I really appreciate thank it. You. It Thanks. was great, Frankie. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye now.